Well, I think I'm going to get to do my Thanksgiving message tonight. What's my favorite Thanksgiving story in all the Bible? Open up to Luke 17. Now, here's a good question. Is there actual power released when we give thanksgiving to God? And I, I, I know he gets blessed. I understand that he, as a father, of course, gets blessed when we thank him and give him thanksgiving. But this story is, I, I've hardly ever heard it preached on ever, but just watch this. So it's Luke chapter 17, and... Uh, about ten lepers being healed. Now, just a little bit. Leprosy today really does not exist in the same form that it did then. But it's not really the same. Leprosy like they had here, as far as I know, has been pretty well wiped out worldwide. It was absolutely um, uh, you know, fatal. There was no, no cure whatsoever. It just progressively got worse. And as it would, and it was highly contagious. That's why they were forbidden to mingle with people, and if they did have to be out at all from a far distance, they had to shout, unclean, unclean, so you knew to stay away from them. So it's very bad, and it's a perfect type and shadow of sin. (laughs) There's no cure. It's worse and worse. It destroys you progressively. (laughs) It's such uh, an analogy. But anyhow, let's look at ten lepers that got healed here in Luke 17, starting in verse 11. It says, And it came to pass, as he, of course that's Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers. Now notice, which stood afar off. And that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to stand way off. And they lifted up their voices. Now, here's ten of them. Voices, plural. And they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Reminds me of blind Bartimaeus. and reminds me of the two blind men. Son of David, have mercy on us. They're crying out. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass... That as they went, they were cleansed. Now, notice the word cleansed. That's going to be important in a minute. Now, why he told them to go to the priests in faith. Because when he gave them that command, at that instant, they were the same. But it says, as they went, as they obeyed. Because the, you weren't supposed to go show yourself to the priest unless you were cleansed. Isn't that right? So it was always supernatural. If you got cleansed, it was supernatural, even under the Old Testament. And I don't remember anyone except Naaman the Syrian, to be honest. I think Jesus even alluded to that. Not one of them was healed except Naaman the Syrian. Isn't that right? So even under the Old Testament, we only have one example of somebody being cured of leprosy that I remember, and that's Naaman the Syrian. But that was the rule under the law of Moses. If you did get cleansed, you were to go show yourselves to the priest. So he tells them to go before there's any change in their body. But this is the way it always is when you obey the Lord. As they went, they were cleansed. Now that word's important. 
So there's ten of them, right? Verse 15, and one of them, one out of the ten, when he saw that he was healed, and that's an important word, we'll be back to it in a minute, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And notice, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. Meaning, he's a, he's a Samaritan, he's not really a Jew. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Now, I looked it up. The word whole here is different from cleansed, and it's different from healed. Now, the way I'm understanding this, if he's made whole, see, the thing about leprosy, it would take the appendages first. You'd lose your nose, maybe fingers, your tips of ears, toes. Parts would begin going away, okay? Now, you could get cleansed, and meaning that the leprosy, it could be healed, actually, meaning the leprosy has stopped. It is no more active in your body. But I think there's a difference between that and being made whole. <laughs> is there power, supernatural power, in thanksgiving? All of them were glad to be cleansed. All of them were glad to have that leprosy stopped. But only the one that returned to give thanksgiving, only he, it says, was made whole. Now, if I understand this right, he got his nose back and he got his toes back. <laughs> you mean there's power? He received something that the other nine did not receive. And what, what caused that? He came back to give God thanksgiving and to glorify God. Uh, now, you can take it, we're just exactly as it's written here. This is talking about leprosy. But again, really, leprosy is a pretty good analogy for sin. All of us had this disease that we couldn't get healed of. And only Jesus, only Jesus can forgive you. Only the blood of Jesus. See, and it's one thing to be forgiven. It's uh, one thing to even have sin stop in your life. But it's another thing to have your life rebuilt, to have your life made whole. You know, at my age now, in my early 70s, let's say it that way. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be 75 two months. <laughs> Mid-70s, okay. I look back on my life now, and you know that old TV series had it right. Father Knows Best. <laughs> Matthew 4, 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now thinking, if I just would have listened to Daddy. <laughs> if I just, you know, he says, don't get drunk. What did Gary do? Gary went and got drunk. Don't chase girls. What did Gary do? Anyway, you know the sequence here. All of, uh, Don't chase money. 
all of the things, he was right the whole time. Now, because of my addictions to money and to alcohol, my life got pretty destroyed at one point. And then I thank God for Michael Muccio, that God would send Michael to Sue and I rescue both of us. But see, God didn't just forgive us. God didn't just cleanse us of of the disease of sin. He did, but he didn't just do that. He actually rebuilt our lives. He rebuilt us. He put put a marriage back together. He... Restored her relationship with my children. He uh, has given us a ministry. and On and on. We've, we've been made whole. But a lot of it has to do with the attitude of heart. See, Sue and I were such good sinners. You've heard me tell this before. We were really good at it. And so by the time we got together, ten years after high school, that's a long time to be out there sinning. We just both decided, because, you know, some preachers back then said, no, you got to confess every single sin you ever did or you can't be saved. Well, we went, well, that's impossible. <laughs> There's way too many. There's no way we could ever remember them anyway. So Sue and I just made this agreement. Let, let's, you know, let's just assume that each one of us did everything. And that way later when we find out stuff, it won't be such a surprise. <laughs> and that's worked pretty well for us. But now the point is... He that's been forgiven much loves much. And to say it for Thanksgiving, they're very, they're, they're very thankful. Go to, uh, where, let me find this one. I believe it's, I didn't write that one. Let's take a shot and go to Luke 7. See, this is a woman, but Sue and I both can relate with this lady a lot. Cause she's plainly called a sinner. We're going to start in verse 36. One of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner. Well, Sue and I can relate with her. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster box of ointment. And that song that alabaster box. And when she'd get to that line, you don't know what it cost. You don't know what's in my alabaster box. I would, I still just about lose it because Sue and I were sinners. We were really sinners. If anybody ever deserved hell, I think it's both of us. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood of the Lamb and the mercy and love of our Father. Verse 37, And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat to eat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, And did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, he would have known 
who and what manner of woman this is that touches him. For she is a sinner. You can just hear it in his voice. She is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. That's a big difference, isn't it? And when they had nothing to pay, see, this is Dave would go over this again and again. When they, He said, we had no way to approach God. We would come right to that void that separates God and man. And we had nothing, we had nothing to offer. We had nothing to pay. How do you pay for your own sin? You can't. You're a sinner. That's where Dave would launch into, you cannot get a savior from a spiritually dead gene pool. And that's why Satan thought he had man locked up in a box because nobody, there was nobody righteous, not one that could be the lamb. So God, Dave would teach on it so perfectly. We had no way to approach God to even say, hey, remember he'd go, hey. So God, from the other side, he loved us so much. He sent his only begotten son. And he paid the price that we deserved. He took the scourging. He died on the cross, suffered and died on the cross. He actually went to hell and suffered in our place. And rose again on the third day. Then returned and put his own blood on the mercy seat in heaven. Now, now God says, now you can approach me. And the writer of Hebrews says, we have the right to enter into the holy of holies, the holiest of all, in a, in a new and living way. We have boldness to enter in a new and living way through the veil, through the blood. And when we get there, we, we find two things, not just one. We obtain mercy. Thank God for mercy. But we find grace to help, his power to help us in our time of need. Well, that's a lot from this one verse here. But it says, when they had nothing to pay. And every time I come to that, all of Dave's teachings, we had nothing to offer. Thank God for God. (laughs) Thank God that he loved us enough to make a way for us to go across that void of spiritual death. And when they had nothing to pay, verse 42, he just frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most. Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, You see this woman? I entered into your house, and you gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, boy, fares every, you never hear better words than this. 
Right out of the, can you see the eyes of Jesus looking into her eyes? And he says to her, your sins are forgiven. (laughs) If we're like the lepers, when you receive Jesus, that disease of sin really is stopped. That old nature dies, that the way Alan's been teaching it too, and trying to understand it. But see, it's like leprosy. You're, you're cleansed. It's stopped. It's not active really in you anymore. But there's a big difference between that and then you being made whole because sin has taken a toll on your life. Sometimes when people, you know, again, sometimes you gotta hit bottom, sometimes you gotta hit bottom and bounce a couple of times before you realize you need to be saved. Sue and I did prison ministry for six years. And it's amazing. At first, I'm just very, I'm, I'm very gullible in a lot of ways, and I know that. And, and, uh, I'm naive. And, and so, when I, we began teaching and preaching in the prisons, and the guys would say everything right in there. You know, I'm thinking, boy, these guys are going to be on fire for Jesus when they get out and they're going to live right and act right. And, of course, I didn't know then that the, is it, why do they call it recidivism? Is that the right word? Where you go back and repeat is like 80% normally. And it was amazing because some of them I really, really thought because they were saying all the right things, you know. And I know they had some kind of encounter. I know they did with Jesus. You can't convince me that they did not in, while they were in the prison. But see, when they got out, their lives were still wrecked. They were not made whole. They may have been forgiven. If they died, I'm sure they, they went to heaven. The blood is enough, you know. But there's something with this thanksgiving that when we give thanks, just like that, that leper, the one that gave thanks, the one that gave glory to God, the one that appreciated, like the woman here kissing his feet, pouring out of her alabaster box and loving, loving, loving so much. He can not only forgive you. I don't care what hole you're in. I don't care what hole you're in. I don't care what sin has done to you. You worship the Lord. You thank Him for His salvation. You spend time with Him and He will put your life back together again. He'll make your life whole again. He'll restore your family. I'm not saying... Necessarily, you'll put your marriage back together. But if you have children, grandchildren, you watch. He'll restore the relationship. But you have to let Him do it. You have to do it. See, only the Lord can make you whole. You can't make yourself whole. The Lord has to do it. But a big part of it comes through thanksgiving. Now, I've got a few more verses here on thanksgiving. Turn to, if you don't mind, Philippians chapter 4. And the verse I'm after is verse 6, but can't hardly just read a single verse. And David's ruined me for reading single verses. Yeah, see, verse 6 is the one that has thanksgiving in it, but this whole passage... 
Starting, let's start in verse 6. Be careful, that means don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with, with, with something else. With what? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And I didn't get that for a long time. Why, why the thanksgiving right along with the prayer? And it says request. So you know you're asking. This is a petitional prayer. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. If you really believe you received it right now, then you're going to thank him right now. Isn't that right? You thank him right now like it's already done. Oh, thank you, Lord. Sue and I went through that with our children, and I'm, not, I'm telling you, it was difficult. It was a warfare. It went on for a long time, especially with one of them. But thank God that we, the Lord led us to those verses back in Isaiah. I will contend with him that contends with thee, and I will save thy children. Boy, that, that became life to us. That was our rock. That was our foundation. And, and boy, we would thank him for that verse long before we saw the fruit of it, we were already thanking him, Lord, you contend with those that contend with us, and you will save our children. Yes, the prey of the terrible shall be delivered, and the lawful captive shall be set free. Glory to God. And all three of them today love the Lord, serve the Lord. He is faithful. But we remember giving thanksgiving when it was the darkest, and it got pretty dark, got pretty bad. So with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. See, and if you can really do that and come to a place of thanksgiving, notice the next verse. And the peace of God. See, if you really believe you receive when you pray, even though you're still in it, but if you can bring yourself to thanksgiving to the point of, I know you heard me. I know this is real. I know we have this. And to where it becomes a measure of thanksgiving in you, then the peace of God comes. And we felt that. Now, the turmoil would come right back with the next circumstance. I mean, it was difficult as if you're like you're in a ping pong match, you know. But the peace of God, and boy, that's so true how this is worded. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Because the circumstances look just as bad after the prayer as they did before the prayer. But it's a peace that passes all understanding. But it keeps your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And boy, this is the hard part, no matter what kind of war that you're in right now. See, like even right now, the war, we're, going, we're contending for revival. You better not be moved by what you see. Better not be moved by your emotions. Better not be moved by the increased slopidity of the floor. <laughs> slopidity. I can make up words. Slow, ooh, she goes slopidity. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, see, this is what you got to do. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise. Now, look how this is worded. Think on these things. That's a command. That's not a suggestion. Think on these things. 
Uh, that's why I like going through the blueprint again, like that handout that we uh, we've got. We posted it along with the message this morning because it really focuses on the promises, the things God says we're going to have. Focus on that. Not not how small the crowd is. Focus on that. When you lay, see yourself laying your hands, those little children he talked about. Every time I watch a special on St. Jude or one of those cancer hospitals and they show those little bald-headed kids, more than I think on this, when them, one of those little kids and it's your hand, he's doing it through your hand. And the Lord heals cancer when you pray. Let's think on that because that's truth. Because he said that's what's going to happen. Him who cannot lie said that's what's going to happen. I need to focus on that. Not on the size of the crowd. Not on the condition of the building. Not on the size of the bank account. Not on anything else. Not on uh, emails, yay or nay. Let me focus on that little child. And then he said they're going to be coming out, they, plural, are going to be coming. Think on these things. And in verse 9, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. In other words, Paul says, I lived this life in front of you. You saw it in me. And everything that you learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. <laughs> I love it. Just do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Now, the converse of that is, what if you don't? Will the God of peace be with you? Well, he'll, he'll be with you, I think. But you're going to have a hard time experiencing his peace. He's still going to be trying to get you to do. <laughs> but if we can do it, I know this. I go through emotional wars like anybody else. There's sometimes that I, I come so close to calling Tim. Saying, please, have anybody preach but me, anybody, because I'm going through a war, and I don't want to uh, <laughs> spill over on you with my negativity. Can I put it that way? But he always shows up. He always shows up, no matter how bad I feel, no matter how bad I don't want to do it. When I yield to it, he always shows up. Thank God for that. See? But I have to do exactly the same thing, and it's not easy. Put on the garment of praise when you feel like it. <laughs> See, it's easy to put on the garment of praise when you feel like it. But it says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So that means, okay, I've got heaviness. Everyone knows what the heaviness. If you can't see me, heaviness, okay. <laughs> It's like you got this weighted blanket, heaviness, okay? And what it's saying, it's your choice. You can walk around with that thing weighting you down all day. Or you can take that off and put on the garment of praise. But see, nothing in you feels like it. There's a part of you, believe it or not, that wallows in that. And it looks for sympathy and pet me, please, and Gary, how do you know so much about that? Going on to the next verse. Well, we're all like that. But it plainly says you put on that garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And it's up to you whether you do it or not. It's up to me every time whether I do it or not. 
But if we do, he's faithful. He's faithful to come through. All right, a few more verses. I'm not going to keep you real long tonight. This one, go to Colossians. This is a little longer. We're close. Colossians chapter 3. Of course, I feel guilty almost now every time I'm trying to preach out of Colossians 3. That's become Alan's chapter, you know. Now, it's all, it's all wonderful, but for time's sake, um, no, we're going to read it all. <laughs> There's just nowhere to not, you got to have it all. Verse 1. If you then be risen with Christ, am I talking to the right group? Are we risen with Christ? If you're watching, I'm pretty sure you're risen with Christ, you know. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Now here's, here's mortification. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence. For God's sake, don't do that. <laughs> it just sounds bad, doesn't it? Not just concupiscence, evil concupiscence. <laughs> And covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, into which you also walked some time when you lived in them. Yep, Sue and I sure did. But now you also put off all of these. Now, a while ago we talked about putting off the spirit of heaviness. Okay, now he's talking about putting off other things associated with the old man. But now you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. In Ephesians, he said that new man is created in righteousness and true holiness from the get-go. I added from the (laughs) get-go. But that's what it means, created instantly. Now, verse 11. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Now, here we go putting on again. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, Holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. See, the reason I'm hesitating, I should just write Sue out in the margin. Because that woman has forgiving, forbearing, you have no idea. How much she is. She's got many crowns laid up, that woman. But anyway, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. And if any man have a quarrel against any, well, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. And above all these things, put on charity. Now, that's love. That's the love of God, which is the bond of perfectness. Now, I want you to notice 
He's going to hook up peace and thankfulness again. And I said all that to get to this verse. And, and means, he's still talking. And, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body. And here it is. And be ye thankful. When I find myself continually going to God like my mother taught me and just being thankful, even starting with the breath. Just start, I'm alive. Thank God I'm alive. I'm here to serve in your kingdom. When I count my many blessings and I list them one by one, when I'm in that mode, it's amazing how the peace of God comes. There is a, and I believe it's more than just uh when I read that story about the leper, he was there was a supernatural power released that restored his life. And I think thankfulness literally releases a supernatural power of God that will restore your life. Especially when it comes to peace. There's something about offering him thanksgiving, having a thankful and a grateful heart. It catches his attention. You notice Jesus noticed. Where are the nine? <laughs> I'm sure they were glad to be cleansed, don't you know? I'm sure they were. But only one came back to give thanksgiving. But that one received something they didn't get. And he's, he was made whole again. So peace, I've noticed it over and over again. Peace and thankfulness. You'll find them together very much. Okay. A couple more. Okay. Are we in, we're still in Colossians. Okay, let's go down to chapter 4. And we'll, we'll finish here. Uh, starting in verse 1. Masters, he's talking, today we'd say employers, give unto your employees that which is just and equal, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Now notice, here we go again. Continue in prayer. Okay. And watch in the same, in other words, in prayer, watch in the same with thanksgiving. He did it again. He linked up thanksgiving with prayer again. And the reason is, why pray if you're not praying in faith? Why pray if you don't think he's hearing you? But if you do think he's hearing you, then you're thankful at the moment of prayer, because that is believing you received when you prayed, isn't it? Y'all know this. <laughs> so he says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Here's a, how about this for a thanksgiving? In the Old Testament, I, I can't look it up right now. And my mom, it's one of my mom's favorite verses. And when David was saying, and I can't quote it exactly, but it said, I prayed unto the Lord and he bent down and heard me. <laughs> now that's the image. It's in the Psalms in the Old Testament. He bent down and he heard me and he answered my prayer. Well, that's thanks, that's a reason to give thanksgiving, see? And if we're going to believe that we receive when we pray, we have to believe he bent down and heard you. He heard you pray. And he's going to grant it. And that's why you thank him when you pray. Why? When you pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you heard me when I prayed. Thank you, Lord. Our children are going to be back in the day when we was battling that one. 
Our ch- none of our daughters are going to hell. All of them are going to be living with you forever in heaven, Lord. You, you heard us when we prayed. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. And the hell of circumstances continued for a long time. But there was peace. You can have peace right in the midst of your circumstances. But you've got to have that attitude of prayer with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. All right. Father, we just, it's Thanksgiving week, Lord. We just thank you and we praise you that you have not changed at all. You are the same God today. You haven't changed at all, Lord. Lord, and another thing you said is that you, when you find a people who doubt not in their heart, but believe that those things which they say shall come to pass, they shall have whatsoever they say. Father, we don't gather together on Sunday nights to make these confessions because we think they will not work. We come together, Lord, and tonight we're especially offering thanksgiving that you hear every one of these confessions. I want to remind you all that Sue and I were reading again in Malachi that was sometime in the last week. And there was a, God was not real pleased with the people during the book of Malachi. I mean, someday he'll let me teach on that, but he was not real pleased. But even in the midst of that, he found a group of people that would talk to the talk. They would get together and talk good things about the Lord. And he noticed that. And he commanded that a book of remembrance be made of them who would get together and talk about the Lord in a good way. Now, don't think he doesn't notice that we're still here. We're still coming. I don't care how small it gets. I don't care how long we've been doing it. We will have what we say because that's what Jesus said. Amen. All right.